0: On the way, on the way, to the big check, you ain't know I'm up next but I'm on the way, you ain't take a risk cause you're too afraid, I'ma just eat till I'm overweight, on the way, on the way. What's up everybody, welcome to another episode of the Millionaire Mindsets Podcast, I am your host Xavier Miller, I'm sitting here with my co-host Deanna Kent. Hey everybody. And today we have a, uh, another special guest, this episode gonna be a lot of game. And uh, her name is Rashana Scott. She is a real estate investor. She's a uh, real estate agent. She's the founder of Flipping and Hills, and she's an entrepreneur as well. So she's gonna drop a lot of jewels, I'm sure. So we appreciate you for coming on. Welcome to the show. Hey, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely, like I said, I definitely appreciate you taking time out today to come on the show. And you in, uh you in Chicago right now? Yep, so on I know. It, race. Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's later. Out there think You the, <laughs> got another Chicago person on the episode. This makes me excited. I I know you from Chicago because so I could hear it all in your voice. <laughs>
1: it's,
0: it's like all your. Know, what does
1: that mean? I, I, I'm from
0: Chicago, so already I know how people from Chicago talk. So I'm like, I could I could just tell you from Chicago the way you talk. Yeah. It's a certain it's a certain <laughs> accent, and what's crazy this is. No, no, people used to tell me that. To tell me the same thing, but what's crazy is. When I was in Chicago all my life, I didn't think Chicago people had an accent until I moved, and I've been gone for five years. So now, when I hear somebody from Chicago talk, I'm like, they definitely. I can. I can hear. I can hear the way they talk. They from. They from Chicago, but (laughs) that's crazy. But uh, the first question I always like asking the people that we bring on the show is like, what was the start of your like financial journey? Like, what made you get started doing all this? So, um, when I was six.
2: Um, I was a sophomore in high school And we had a career day And there was a guy who came out And I'll never forget He worked for at and mm-hmm. And he was a manager at at and And he said Even though I work for at and I do not depend on at
1: To provide for me and my family mm. He
2: also owned 400 vending machines Across the city of Chicago yeah. oh. And he explained to us The process of how much it costs to fill it up, and how much he makes when it's empty. Mm -hmm. And right away, it clicked for me that, okay, well, I don't wanna work for somebody else the rest of my life, you know, I don't want to, you know, depend on somebody else to take care of me and my family, that whole thing, you know, started learning financial freedom, you know, like those terms. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, right away, I was like, okay, you know what, I I don't wanna go this route. Um, or go that route, the typical, you know, traditional corporate America route. Then, um, started having conversations with people. My very first job out of high school, I worked at a health food store. So I uh, worked at the juice bar, juice bar and I was the cashier at the health food store. And so of course I'm interacting with older folks daily. You know, it's, it's, that, it's the medicine stores. So everybody's coming to get, you know, their meds and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, one guy, uh, I'll never forget his name, his name is Ulysses. And, you know, we were talking about um, it's just what I want to so do it, with my life and being successful and stuff like that. And he was saying that he always gave his tenants, um, you know, different real estate books to read. And so, of course, he bought me a real estate book. And that was kind of how I got started, as well as um, I had a mentor at the time who um, he had some experience in real estate before the crash and things like that, before the market changed. And he, he didn't have much success at the time of me meeting him. He was actually uh, a girlfriend of mine. We were um, in high school together. It was actually her dad. And I, you know, expressed to him, you know, my interest. And after I found out that he did real estate, I was like, okay, yeah, you know, I read this book. I think real estate is the way I want to go. Can you help me? Can you teach me? And um, he, ta- he taught me, you know, a little bit of the ropes, you know, I, I as I'm older now, I, I know and I've learned that, you know, people can only take you so far, you know, mm-hmm. or as far as they are. Right. So yeah. if you want to grow, then you definitely have to or need to have many mentors. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing wrong with going beyond that uh but yeah, so that's that's so that's how I got started um you know, read uh some real estate literature and then started going to all the free conferences, seminars, workshops, all of the guru events um you know i of course, I heard them on the radio, whatever the case, and i was I was excited and I was you know just interested
1: in finding out more mm. so
0: that's okay. that. Okay. So uh, I see...
3: And, so, and I was young. Yeah, I was like
0: 18, 19. Damn. Yeah, that's really young. That's, that's cool, though. But you
3: know, the younger, the better to yeah. make a decision like that before, you know, you get too far along um, into your life. But um, I've seen on your page that you're a real estate agent. So what was that process like becoming one in Chicago? And how has it been thus far for you?
2: So... I first got uh, my license, my leasing license in in real estate in Chicago. It's it's different everywhere, but in Chicago, we have a leasing license where you work with just landlords and tenants. That's all you do. Um, Then you have your broker's license where you can work with everybody. And then you have your managing broker's license where you can run an office. And so I got my leasing license when I was 21 because, um, again, my interest for real estate around that 18, 19, 20 um, age. There was a lady who went to my church who later on, you know, she – we turned out to be really good friends, but she was a successful realtor, and I expressed to her my interest in real estate, and she was like, you should you know, get your license, get your license, get your license, and she really encouraged me to do that, and so I did that um, at the age of 21. I got my leasing license, but I was also working full-time overnight, mm. and in school full-time <laughs> time during the day, and doing real estate on the side. So I was hustling.
3: Yeah. yeah, that's a lot. I
2: was definitely hustling, um, but I didn't like it, you know. And I it's, it's not that I didn't like it. Definitely, the money wasn't enough because I mean, you're talking about leases, right? Like working with landlords and tenant, tenants. Um, as far as tenants, I mean, pff, rents were anywhere maybe between seven and maybe seven hundred and maybe eighteen hundred might have been my most expensive one, right? Mm-hmm. And then you may make all of that depending on um, depending on if what what side of the transaction you're on, you know, you representing the landlord It's the opportunity to make more. But if you bring the tenant to the listing agent, then pretty much you're gonna get half of that. So I was making like a couple hundred dollars a transaction. Now of course like I said I was working full time In school full time, so it was decent extra money. I want to say in the entire year, I made like an extra sixty five hundred bucks or something like that. But the way I was running around, it definitely wasn't worth it.
1: And Mm -hmm.
2: the brokerage that I was with after that uh, that I that I was with at the time, they charged like so much in fees and stuff like that, and it just didn't even make sense for me anymore. So I was tired, and I wasn't making enough as a leasing agent. Then. I got more focused in the investing side of real estate. Uh, I did end up spending money on one of those guru programs investing in myself and learned a lot about uh, just the language of investing and um, just got started and well, got started in investing. Um, and then came back and got my broker's license <laughs> because <laughs> then look, there's some other things in between we can go back and dive into that yeah. if you want. but anyway um then then went back and got my broker's license and then of course as a broker now I'm like okay well it will being a broker will I'll have access to the MLS you know as a realtor and then oh I'll help out my friends and family here and there because now you know as I've built my brand more on social media. People know me for real estate. And so they were coming to me, uh, for like friends and family, about investing, but also about like home buying. And I would have to refer them out because I wasn't licensed. And so I was like, well, let me just get my license. You know, I just help out friends and family. And then as soon as I got my license, that took off. So,
0: so, it, so uh, with the, on the investing side, like how long have you been investing into real estate and what was your first deal like?
2: So my first deal uh, was in 2015. I was a private investor, mm-hmm. um, so which is huge, right? I, I tell, I preach on private investing. Um, I raise private investments, but I tell also tell people that if you want to get started, there's so many people because of, you know all these TV shows. Everybody want to flip a house, right. and you don't really know what you're doing uh, as a newbie. You do not, and so you. I always say that real estate is a relationship business. And having partners in this industry is going to be huge and major for your success. Yes, you can do it solo, um, absolutely, but i that's, that's just not the route that I wanted to take. Um, I didn't really want to spend a lot of money or invest a lot of money and then make mistakes losing money. In fact, I, for me, it made more sense to partner with people. Knew what they were doing. So that was my very first investment. I invested into a project that was going on. Uh, it was a condo here in Brownsville that was being flipped. Uh Brownsville is a very hot area um that has gone through its change um probably ten, fifteen years ago. And the change is done is uh right next to Hyde Park where President Obama is from, right off um Lake Michigan. Yeah, so yeah. Brownsville is a hot area, but um, yes, that was my very first investment. and the minimum now mind you, that was uh, four years ago. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so I was 23. Mm-hmm. So um, yes, yeah, so I was 23 and you know didn't have a lot of money, but of course I had the passion and the drive and all of that. and I was like, you know, I really wanted to get started in this project and or investing period. And the minimum investment was $5,000, you know, if you wanted to be an investor on this project. Um, I came to the girl and I knew her because she was in that real estate investing community that I had joined. Um, And I was like, look, all I got is $2,500. But I really wanna be a part of this. And you know, I earned my fifteen percent return in a year, my little three seventy five, but however much it is. But I was so excited, you mm. know, because I was a part of something bigger and she even said like she had investors that brought like thirty five thousand to the table. Mm. And she was like, You were more involved, um than they were. And that's because, you know, I had to drive, I was hungry and I, I really wanted to do it. You know, that 30, I don't know who that $35,000 investor was, but they probably just had, you know, some, some money sitting in their 401 one K and probably just didn't really care about investing. They were mm-hmm. probably just investing, um, you know, to earn a better return than what they had. So, uh, so yes, yeah, so that was my very first taste of investing. Uh, like I said, investing $2,500 earning a 15% return in a year.
3: Um, and then I was ready to do a lot more. (laughs) (laughs) Are
0: you, there you go.
3: I was going to say, so after that first deal, pretty much like, what was your journey like? Did you start, um, did you continue doing the, um, project investments or did you start buying your own homes or how did it go after that?
2: That's a great question. So, um, after that, I started. I, I continued investing money. So I invested a lot of money um, into other people's deals because, again, for me, I wasn't ready to take on my own project yet. I didn't believe that I had the experience and all of that. And now, in hindsight, people are like, people, people have told me like, oh, you're, you know, you are all you need, and you know, you didn't need anybody else to get started. But again, I was big on, and I still am big on believing that I can learn from other people's mistakes and if mm-hmm. I know that you know a lot of people took this route and it didn't work for them then I'm gonna go another route um however my I, I learned my lessons as well <laughs> um with some of those investments I did lose money uh, you know I, I I still got somebody to this day that owed me some money and so <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh
2: yeah you know I, I but I but to this day, can can nobody try me because of what I've gone through? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely, and you know it's 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 been a it's been a journey. Uh, absolutely, I also um, managed a an investment company which raised private money from individuals all around the country, uh, where we bought properties at auction at tax lien sales. So I have experience in that. Uh, buying properties um, at the auction and raising money doing that as well so that's been my journey um today i have a partner who um i trust that i partner with and we flip properties and i raise private capital for that and so that's kind of been my journey you know try it's 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 been a journey of trying to figure it out um because even when even with that program that I spent a lot of money for and I signed up for and I was like, Hey, I took these classes, I got this money in the bank, my credit is good, what's next? There wasn't much support, unfortunately. And so a lot of my journey was figuring it out. And that's why I created flipping in heels is so people could get some of the answers <clears throat> excuse me. So people could get some of the answers that I didn't have. You know, mm. that, that figure and get out part.
0: Mm. Um, and maybe they can accomplish their
1: goals much quicker.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know. Yeah. And that was uh, gonna be my next question. I was gonna ask you, what exactly is flipping in heels? So
2: flipping in heels is uh it's an online community for women real estate investors. Now we get men that you know sneak in here and there. You know, <laughs> I look up in the Facebook group and I'm like, "How'd you get in here?" But you know, I, you know, I love it. It's it's really for all, but of course, my focus is on women because I I am
1: a woman, right. Pretty much, um, you know that. And and it is a very male dominated industry. Right. So mm-hmm. when
2: I started to build my brand and when I really started niching down on this investment thing I said okay who can I look up to like what women are really out here killing it in within that space and I didn't see that many women now thankfully to social media and Instagram now I have met a lot more and been able to connect with some amazing women but you know like five years ago I mean, I might have known like one or two, and, and they might have done deals like here and there, but definitely not on the scale that I know women mm. now.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, so, so yeah, so that's what it is. So it's a platform to definitely, um, educate, motivate, uplift, inspire, as well as to highlight women who are out here killing it, game changers, decision makers, you know, they cutting a check and they cash in it. Mm. Um, and Really, what it's about. So that's the reason for the virtual summit to highlight women from all across the country. Uh, I'm also working on another project that highlights more women who are investing in real estate, uh, black women who are investing in real estate, and, and just women in general. But again, you know, black women because I'm a black woman, right? Mm-hmm. So.
1: Exactly. Yeah. so
2: um but yes, that is what flipping in heels is about and you know, it, it really the concentration is real estate, but it really can be anything, right? Mm-hmm. Like how are you how, how how are you being a decision maker or a change maker in your industry? So flipping in heels, yes, is dedicated to real estate. But even last year on my first summit that I did last year, I did all all realtors. It was all women realtors, but they were all multi million dollar producers in there. Uh, Markets. Mm. So, you know, you can, you know, you can take it how you want. But, yeah, real estate, whether it's investing, um, being a realtor, my passion is investing. And that's also what helps me be a better realtor because a lot of my clients that I attract want to invest in real estate. House hacking is the new thing right now. Everybody wants to buy a um, duplex or a triplex and live in one unit and rent the other ones out
1: mm-hmm. you know
2: and because i speak that i speak the investor language you know i i attract a lot of people who um who can appreciate that
0: mm-hmm. okay so i seen uh one of your posts on instagram you you spoke on different strategies such as the multifamily versus the single family and you were saying how like if you're a first time buyer you probably should do the multifamily instead of the single family so I just wanted to mm-hmm. so we to go deeper on that a little bit.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. So so, so <clears throat> that post <laughs> you know, it's so funny because it doesn't matter what you post or where you post it, everybody got, you know, no pain. No pain. not everybody, everybody not
1: everybody's <laughs>
2: gonna agree. Mm-hmm. You know, and I love you know, I let I let that go a long time ago. That's like, good though. You know, <laughs> I let it go a long time ago. Uh, Like, you know, what? everybody's gonna have their opinion. I mean, there's definitely no one size fits all in anything in life, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But the scenario that I'm speaking to is the individual who uh, at this moment in time can only afford one purchase. I'm Mm -hmm. not talking about somebody who... Um, maybe makes four or five or even two or three or whatever, you know, a hundred thousand dollars a year that if you want to, you can go and buy two houses right yeah. now. You know, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the individual who um, you know, works a regular job and you know, has decent credit and can go and obtain one property. Um and maybe they're approved at, you know, two, two 53, whatever the case, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say an individual is approved for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So in Chicago that is that that can definitely get you something um decent, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's a house or a building, um, you know, in a decent neighborhood.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: so let's say some someone is approved at that, right? So so that right there is their purchasing power. You know, a lender has taken a look at their information, all of their financials, all of their debt, ran their credit, and has identified that they can be approved or they can afford a home up to this price. And so as the buyer, you know, you have the option to buy whatever you want. You can buy a single-family home, a condo, a townhome, or a multi-unit. A multi-unit is anything, you know, a two-, three-, or a four-unit um, property which is two three or four families can live in in the property and it's the same process the same type of purchase as if you buy that single family now what I'm speaking to in regards to purchasing power is let's say we take that person who was approved at two hundred fifty thousand dollars and they go and they buy a three unit for two hundred fifty thousand dollars now Once you buy that three unit, let's say you're living in one of the units and the other two you're renting out, Um, maybe one of them is paying the mortgage and maybe the other one, you know, is cash flowing in your pocket. Either way, you know, you're living mortgage free, which Mm -hmm. is what I like to call it because, you know, the units are paying your mortgage or most of it, you know, if they can... Uh, take your rent payment. Let's say you were living somewhere and you're paying rent, which is like the standard three bedroom here, or, or two or three bedroom, depending on the area. Um, you know, let's say you're paying rent, and then you now, because you live in this building and you have these tenants that are paying for your expenses, if you have to come out of pocket, one, two, three hundred dollars, that's still a significant change. Okay. So, so, you buy this building, you know, you live in one unit, you're renting the other ones out, and let's say in a year or two, you want to go and buy another property now you're still making that same income let's say that same you know seventy thousand income that you were making a year ago nothing changed uh, you did not get a raise or maybe if you did get a raise you know it might
1: have been you know five dollars mm-hmm. the to shop right mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so nothing
2: changed um, everything everything is still the same and let's say it's a year let's say it's two years and you want to go and buy another property well, those two units can now count towards your income to help you qualify for another property. Because remember, at your income of $70, $75,000, whatever it is, you're only approved at two fifty. You already spent that on one property. Mm-hmm. You already have a mortgage for that amount on one property. So how can
1: you qualify for another one? All right. Right? Mm-hmm. The good thing about it, like I said, is that
2: the income from that building, those two units that you rented out, and the unit that you were living in, even though there is no tenant in there, that can be counted as what is called projected income because you have proved that you've been a successful landlord on your other two units for the last year or two. So now you have three rental incomes. Let's say you know you're renting it out but $1,200 each. Now you got a, an additional $3,600 counting towards your income for you to qualify for another property.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay? Um, and depending on the lender, it may not be 100%, right? It may be 75% or 80% of the rents or something like that that will allow you to qualify for that next property. Now, same scenario. Um, you know, this individual is approved at two let us say they make $70,000 a year. They go and they buy a single-family home and let's say a year or two you know they're ready to buy another home again that 250 that you had to spend you spent that already Mm -hmm. so now how are you going to get approved for another property if you don't have any other additional income coming in and so that's what i mean when i talk about increasing your purchase power purchasing power you know you can still have the condo, downtown, or whatever it is, you know, wherever you want to be, right? Um, But I say let your tenants pay for that. Let your tenants pay for your dream home because you're able to uh, leverage your first-time homebuyer abilities um, by maximizing your purchasing power by buying a multi-universe. Now, is this going to work for everybody? Absolutely not. You know, some people Um, have large families. Some people don't want to be in certain areas, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe you want to be in an area. So it's definitely not going to work for everybody. However, if that is something um, that interests you, I definitely think you should take a look at it. You know, I'm not saying that that's what everybody has to do. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, but I definitely think that people should take the time to uh, educate themselves and understand how their
0: money can stretch further yeah i agree i agree with that i
3: really like that strategy because it's not complicated like it's really simple and if you keep repeating it then you can easily build a pretty solid stream of income Mm -hmm. is what i really like about it the most but for you like since you started um educating the community on this strategy do you get a lot of people Reaching out to you who've seen you talking about it, deciding to take this route and buy the multifamily versus the single-family home now. Mhm.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's good, we have about five buyers right now looking for buildings. So, um,
1: if you got any off-market two flats, please send them my way. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. Uh, but I love it though. You know, a
2: lot of my clients are millennials, and so you know, back in the day, even. And i say back in the day, right? I'm only 27. But (laughs) like, like, you know, when I was probably 20, 21, actually, I almost bought a condo when I was like 21, 22.
1: Mm.
2: Now, it would have actually been a great investment because of the area that it's in. It has increased in value. Um, However, let's say it wasn't in the great area where it didn't increase in value. Then I would have been stuck. With that, and that's why you hear or you may see some people. um, And I think um, Grant Cardone, Uncle G, uh, I think he even (laughs)
0: talked
2: about it. um, Where is he the one that said like having a home is a liability?
0: Yeah, he said he says uh, rent the rent the place you live and own the place you rent out. Right. Yeah.
2: So right, and that's where that strategy comes from, right? Because if you are living in a single family home or a condo. Um, or a townhome where literally there's only one person that can live in that household. It's it's you, right? And you're the one that's responsible for making making those payments. Now, if you're in, if you are smart enough to buy in an area that is on, you know, on the up, up and coming, then there are different ways that you can leverage the property from there, right? Mm-hmm. You can, um, you know, gain from obviously the equity that's in the property you know you can pull that like for example the condo that i was gonna buy it was listed i, I still remember to this day it was listed for like
1: 114
2: mm. and um i know it was super cute it's like a little one bed one bath kind of right off the lake on mm. like 43rd and wow. like i don't know <laughs> anyway <laughs> um, it was, yeah, and it was listed for like 114. And I remember I went and looked at it and everything, and I was going to offer like 100. Anyway, I looked it up recently. I don't know why. But anyway, it ended up selling at 103. Now is worth 160. And so. Yes, and that's a return. Yeah, I was like, man. You know, it kind of stung me for a minute. what what Jay Z say? Dumbo, right?
0: <laughs> he a place Dumbo. For two yep. Man. Yeah. What you but learn anyway, from me? So
2: yeah, so um, so what I'm saying is that, so you know, the, with that sixty thousand dollars spread, you know, you can pull out the equity that's in the, the property, and you know, equity being the difference between what you owe and how much uh, the property is worth,
1: mm-hmm.
2: or. Yeah, you could upsell, right? So now when I go, if that were my condo, now when I go to sell it, you know, even though you bought it for 100 103 now you can sell it for 160 you know? So after closing costs and fees and stuff like that, maybe you're walking away with forty grand or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, after realtor fees and, and things like that. So there's definitely ways that, you know, if you do buy just a single family home, um
1: you
0: can still benefit, but other than that um yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's funny and uh, another question I had for you was because you said something about um uh, you said something about flipping earlier, so I was like, are you pro buying and holding or are you pro well, you probably pro pro both, but which one are you more into so I am pro both okay. uh so the long term goal is buying holds. Mm-hmm. and right now. Flipping is the down payment for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. I heard somebody else that say that they have the, pretty much the same strategy. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, yeah, long-term,
2: definitely um, the buy and holds. And, yep, flipping mm. is, um, yeah, it's it's the down payment. I, just, I mean, just that simple. You know, flipping, uh, flipping is good depending on you know depending on the market that you're in and mm-hmm. of course depending on what the market is doing you know overall mm-hmm. and that's nationwide right so depending on um how interest rates are um you know are people still buying are we in a recession you know depending mm-hmm. on what's going on uh, i remember an individual told me who uh, at one point when i met him he owned about 400 units he told me that wow. um yeah i know right <laughs> he told me that um apartment buildings are recession-proof. Really? You know? and he said, you know, because in a recession, the price of a two-bedroom apartment is not going to change. Right. If anything, it's going to go up. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter what's going on with the economy. And it stuck out to me then, and I've seen it, you know, by being in, in real estate for a couple of years and, and just watching how the markets change. If anything, in certain areas, it may have stayed up. I mean, it may have stayed the same, but in most areas, it's gone up.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, which makes sense because, and then also too, if if you're if you are in a recession and it's an unfortunate time where people are losing their homes or, or whatever the case, um, then people will result
1: in, in renting. Mm-hmm. True. So, yeah. True.
3: Yeah. Do you? So, own- yeah,
1: so that's, that's
3: the long term. Do you only? Um... Do like your flips in Chicago or do you like invest out of state?
2: Yeah. So right now it's Chicago. Um, I don't really see a need to go anywhere else because everything that I need really is here. I mean, mm-hmm. we do have a market for flips. We do have a market for rentals. You know, mm-hmm. some areas have one or the other or neither. Like I get a lot of inbox messages from out of state investors. I actually have... Uh, one out-of-state investor right now that's under contract on a property, on a three-unit. And then I have, like, three more that inbox me literally over the weekend. Mm. And, you know, because they see what's going on um, in a city like Chicago,
0: and they see what the price points are. Mm. So so uh, I'm glad you brought up, uh, like, DM, someone DM me. So how do, how important do you think is, do you think branding yourself is now with the industry, with what the things you're doing now? Oh, it's, it's definitely hugely important. Uh, I don't know if that's a word. Huge, hugely, <laughs> that's a word, right? Yeah. <laughs> we say, we got the edit of that, We sound like we' slow or something. <laughs>
1: right? No, I'm
0: just kidding. I know. I know. Um,
2: no, it, it it is so important because um, <laughs> you know it's funny. So I do um, branding. I teach branding on the side.
1: On the side, side. it's like it's like by
0: application only. Mm, Okay. (laughs)
1: Because because my my time and my
2: resources really go to real estate, but I have so many people that ask me, "How'd you grow? You know, how's this? How's that? You know?" And so there is, I mean, there is secret sauce to it, but Mm -hmm. it's not. It's really not that complicated. It's 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 common sense, but most people just need guidance. Guidance.
1: Mm -hmm. Um.
0: So Drop I nugget. Tell my branding clients, huh? I said, "Give us one nugget." Yeah,
1: okay, all right, okay, <laughs> all right. Well, actually,
0: yeah, I was just about to. So okay,
2: I tell my my branding clients, you know, I had the look, right? I looked like I knew what I was doing for a long time before I actually knew what I was doing,
1: mm-hmm.
2: right? And and I don't know. So there's some
1: branding gurus out there probably be like, "No, nah, don't say that, right?" <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. So, And it wasn't the whole fake it till you make it. I'm definitely saying that. I
2: was legit trying, you know, and putting my money on the line. I was putting my money where my mouth was. I was, you know, showing up to events, showing up to conferences, showing up and trying to figure it out. Right. All the while I was showing my journey, mm-hmm. you know, and perception is everything. Some mm-hmm. people
1: perceive, like, oh, she doing it. Oh, this, that and what I, you know, I never put it out there that way. But if that's how you want to take it, OK, whatever, that's oh, on you. But I'm just showing
2: what I'm doing and that and, and, and a part of my journey. And so that's important because the first day, the very first day that I posted that I passed my real estate test, I had my first client. Right. Wow. Um, And that's because of Brandon, like people already knew me for real estate. Like the consumer doesn't know, they don't know the difference between uh, an investor and a realtor. Like they just know real estate. Mm
1: -hmm. Oh, this
2: person do real estate. Like they don't really know what you do. They Mm -hmm. just know you do real estate. And that's why so many people was coming in to me too, like trying to buy a house. I was like, I don't really do that. You know, I can refer you out. Um, But yeah, the very first day I posted about that. uh, Yeah. So Brandon is huge, you know, definitely. Um, So have the look, you know, don't fake it till you make it, but definitely um, look like a professional in what it is that you're doing because people will be excited to work with you. Um, They see your journey and they want to be a part of that. Mm -hmm. I get so many questions about people that are like, oh my God, what you're doing is amazing, but that's because I'm showing what I'm doing, Mm -hmm. right? That also is um, social validity, right? Or social proof. People see what you're doing. And, like, I grind so hard. And most people don't know. Even though I've I've shared this on social media, I still have a 9 to Mm 5. And people are surprised when they hear that. Um, Now, my 9 to 5 is temporary. And that can be another interview. Because, you know, we can talk about how your side hustle, you know, fuels your dreams, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But my side hustle... It's temporary, but people, even, even friends who know I got a job, they didn't came to my job and they forget that I got a job, you know, like <laughs> I go so hard, right? So I go so hard and then what I'm posting about is my passion, you know, and it's not like, oh, you, again, it's not the whole fake until you make it, like, this is what I care about and this is what I want to showcase. And I don't, I don't recommend that people show
1: every facet of their life anyway. Right. You know, right. there's mm-hmm. a lot of things you
2: should keep for yourself. But, mm-hmm. I, but I have shared that, you know, on social media that I do have a 9 to 5 so people can, um, know that, you know, this grind this grind is real, mm. you know, real, real. But again, with the branding, people see what you want to do, um, as well
0: as, I don't know if this is tip number three or four. see I lost count <laughs> I hope y'all take notes because yeah, I'm we not are here. We are. So, um, be innovative, right? Do what other people are
2: not doing. There's so much stuff out there that people are, and that's if you want to be a change maker, you know, not everybody will Some people are just chilling, coasting. That's cool. But if you are focused on building your brand, um, do what's not being done, you know, like me, um, what I'm doing with flipping in heels, like I didn't see that. I didn't take that from anybody, you know, from what I know. Um, mm-hmm. I, there was no one else that was doing that. And, and it was something that, you know, was needed because I needed it. And then once I put it out there with the reaction that I got with the response, the community needed
1: it. Mm-hmm. You
2: know? Mm-hmm. So if you want to, you know, build your brand, be a change maker, definitely be innovative.
1: Um, you know, that's, that's really what we see on social media. We see a lot of copying, copying. a lot of, <laughs> a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Um, so look like a
2: professional, show up, um, showcase your work, show, you know, that you're doing exactly what you you say you're doing. Um, and it
1: doesn't matter when and how you're doing it, just do it, right. you know, because it ain't going to be
0: perfect. It's not um, gonna be perfect. Right. Yeah, that's true.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So- <laughs> but no, no, let's cut you off, but that's so, that's so, uh, I agree with what you're saying, that's so important. It's funny because we was actually just talking to somebody recently. And he was, we was talking about, well, we was kind of talking about Brandon, I guess. But he was saying how, he was like, it's not about becoming, it's about being. He was like, whatever it is that you intend, that you want to do, intend on doing, don't just be that. Like, walk in that. Don't, like, even if you don't have it already, like, mentally be there and just act like you do have it. And he was like, that's not, he was like, it's not faking until you make it. He was like, it is, but it's not. But, I mean, that's, he was like, that's like really the key. So I'm like, dang, that's crazy that you say that. And I also heard Jay Morrison, he said before, like when he first started doing real estate, he tagged himself as the uh the celebrity, celebrity the realtor. celebrity realtor before he even had any celebrity clients. He was like, I yeah. walked into it, I said it, and I walked into it before, like I ain't built it, I walked into it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think there is a fine line, yeah, um, between like manifestation and like you said, like making it to so you make it. Right, yep. I think the it's, whatever the driving
2: factor is behind that and then that's your intent and your, your purpose, right? And your integrity. Like you're not out here like, oh, I'm telling people I do real estate but, you know, I don't even know, you know, what what F H A mean or something like that. You know, <laughs> like you like you know, like mm-hmm. not really practicing it and not really trying to understand it and trying to figure it out. I think there's a difference, you know. Or like I said, I'm, I say I'm out here, you know, doing real estate, but I'm a, uh, what they, I'm
1: an underwater basket weaver or something like yes, that. <laughs> you know, or like I'm
2: out here selling hair. You okay. know, like and, and look, shout out to the hair
1: hustlers, but y'all, right. man, that's the legal drug game for real. But. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> But, you know, the, you get what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm.
2: I, I, yeah, it, I mean, you know, what you said is absolutely right. Like, you know, it's not about uh, what the guy said. It's not about becoming. It's about being and mm-hmm. walking in your truth and who you are. And that's the other thing, too. Look,
0: this I think this, like, tip number five, man. <laughs>
3: you on the road. Yeah. You
0: on the road. You on the road. I'm going to
1: have to send y'all my invoice
0: for <laughs> <laughs> uh, you just, no,
3: You're getting too much. the other thing that I
2: was about to say... Um uh that, oh, you know another thing that I share with people, and you know this may go against what some other branding people say, but I you know people out here that's got like two three four six social media pages like just just no mm. no. It, it, no, absolutely not um <laughs> I believe in being who you are across the board, across mm-hmm. the board. right people work with you. Because of authenticity you know and happening. relatability. Yep. So, you know, one, you're authentic, and two, they can relate to you. Yes, I may be a realtor, but if I'm, if I'm out here and um, I have a passion for, um, I was about to say something crazy. I'm not gonna say that. <laughs>
0: you, <I have> a- <laughs> you, you, go ahead and say whatever you.
2: <laughs> nah, I ain't gonna say that. She's <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> like, what mind that? Oh. You know, I do real estate. Must say, I have a passion for horseback riding, right? Okay, and you see that though, like on my page, I'm a realtor and I'm killing it. And I, but I mix that with mm-hmm. another passion of mine. It's mm-hmm. not that oh, I'm confusing my audience or you know stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. no, this is who I am. Period. You know, I'm not this person on this page and this person on on another page. It's all me. And guess what? I may get a real estate client just because somebody see me horseback riding and they horseback ride too. Mm -hmm. And now I get a real estate check. Yep. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: Right.
2: So I share that with people. Like there was a girl that I was talking to and she's a realtor and she, a personal trainer and stuff. And I was like, she, she, y'all, she had two Instagram pages,
1: two Facebook pages, Mm -hmm. two Twitter. I
2: was like, girl,
1: do you have an assistant?
2: Like, cause yeah. who is managing these six pages? Like, yeah. this is crazy. And I was like, why not brand the two together? It is who you are, you know. Now you gonna have workout buddies and people that reach out to you about real estate through fitness. You sure. know, and mm-hmm. I told them, like this could be your hashtag. Hashtag your fit realtor. Bam. Mm-hmm. You know, like you, you and, and then you know, you know. You know,
0: but that's, that's, that's that gift, too, though. You yeah, know, that's that's. i that to saying. That's not something... That's a gift. That's not something... For a lot of people, they're not creative enough to think like that. They have to... Somebody, well, that,
1: well, that was
0: their tip. So, they, yeah, can send right. me, yes. they can send me my check. <laughs> send that invoice. Send that... What was your question? Like? right.
3: Well, I forgot that other question, but another thing I want to bring up. But um, I kind of feel like some people, especially when they, like, get into business and start branding themselves as a business... They kind of forget to lead a personal touch to it. Like people may like you for your business, but, you know, at, you know, people are a little nosy. So they still want to see like, all right, you're relatable. You're a regular human being. You're not just, you know, somebody who just all they preach is one subject all day long. So that's what I kind of notice. And that's what I try and um, keep us on track of with our social media pages is leaving that personal touch there.
1: Mm -hmm. absolutely
2: absolutely i remember um i don't do it as much anymore i guess because i now i think about it i guess i don't go out as much but (laughs) um i i remember at one point i asked my friend and and look this tip tip number six you know when you grow your brand um ask your friends and family you know what are three things that you think about when you think about my social media right? What are three things that stick out in your mind about me? And, you know, what they say, how they respond, you know, you decide how, how, um, how you want to respond to that. You know, do you want to add more of this or is take back on less of this? And I remember asking like a couple people and one of my girls was like, uh, she said three things. I can't, I can't remember the third one, but I know she said real estate and food.
0: Mm-hmm. And I was
2: like, yeah, that's me. I love food. <laughs> I love food. Cause, but I would go out to eat a lot, you know, I always posting pictures of my food, uh, whether it was on my stories or whatever. And now that I think about it, I'm like, I, I guess I don't go out much anymore. <laughs> but but when she said that, you know, I laughed and and I was satisfied with that because I was like, yep, that's who I am. You know, mm. I'm a foodie and, you know, I do real estate.
1: So, mm. yeah, you have absolutely mm.
0: right? And, and speaking of food, but I got another real estate question. But on the topic of food real quick, I got a real quick question for you. So... Harolds or Uncle Remus? <laughs> <laughs> Harold's. Man, we two it. You two and know yeah. Harolds, man. Yeah. Damn. Which your
1: favorite? Mine was. Wait, Un- Chicago. Wait,
0: the Cubs or the Sox? Uh, I'm, by default, my dad's Cubs, man. So I, I gotta rock with the Cubs. But... Yeah, we. Was, it's funny. We was just cause I'm I'm from like I'm from the west side of Chicago, so I'm Uncle Remus. All day, of course. yeah. Of so course. in my in my dad, de- so I was yeah. outsider all day, born and raised. <laughs> so that makes sense. You you, but what's crazy. Is I always say Uncle Remus, but like deep down for real, you I kind of think Harold's a little bit. You but know. I'm just gonna keep saying Uncle Remus because it's like for I grew up. I- then, for those tuning in who have no idea what we're talking <laughs> about, <laughs> about uh, a chicken shack, <laughs> <laughs> right? People. But, <laughs> have been rivals for years. For years. Who so, live on the south side versus the west side. Yeah. a ton of heroes on the south side, and it's a ton of Uncle Remus on the mm-hmm. west side. Yeah, exactly. And we had somebody we had somebody on the uh, past episode, and he from the south side. And she asked him, am I, am I, like, she from Cleveland. So but the first thing I did when I took her to Chicago, I'm like, we're going to Harold's and we're going to Uncle Remus. So I went to try both. What'd
3: you say, girl? I said (laughs) Harold. Uh huh, she a real one. (laughs) Harold, it just, the seasoning was better. It was was something about it that was better. (laughs) (laughs) The mild sauce? All right, y'all. I never had mild (laughs) sauces.
0: Alfremis <laughs> tastes like. Look, let me stop. <laughs> I want to go. On yeah, let me just get on track. Right, let me get, let me get back on track for all the people that listen that's not from Chicago. That's like, what the hell they talking about? <laughs> that, that do not care. Yeah, that don't care either. But uh, so, let, I want to talk about like financing options. So, like, what are your what are some of your favorite uh, financing options? Or are you Great are. Percent. Are you sorry about that? But are you into uh OPM or are are you into using your own capital?
1: I'm a hundred percent into OPM.
0: Okay, my
2: current business structure is utilizing OPM. So a lot of people talk about um, a lot of people talk about well, I, I guess you can
1: say the gurus, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, no money down, no interest, right? I mean, no, you know credit, no money down, whatever. Mm -hmm. But the third thing that they forget to tell you is that you have to have the knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. So if you don't have the money or the credit, you at least need to have the know-how to do something. You can't come to the deal empty-handed. You gotta
2: come with something, period. And the know-how meaning um, the knowing of the strategy, right? Exit, both entrance uh, or acquisition and exit strategies, or knowing somebody with some money. And, yeah, my current um, business model is uh, private investors. So for the deals that we have going on now, we have a hard money lender who finances the purchase and the rehab. And uh, we only have to put down 10% of the purchase price, so it's, it's really cheap, and the interest rate is really cheap also. Um, but but that comes with the experience. So when you, when you first starting out, you're probably – not going to it's, it's probably going to be more you know probably like 20 percent of your overall project cost purchasing and rehab and then your interest rate might be uh, maybe around 12 percent or something like that but um the lender finances the purchase and the rehab and we just have to put down um like 10 percent of the purchase price and then show six months reserves and on an average project our projects are anywhere between like 1 and 150 uh, with resale values anywhere between like 175 and like plus you know depending Mm -hmm. on the the, the neighborhood Um, and so with that I bring in a private investor to cover whatever money they need to see so on average it's about $30,000 per deal and I bring in a a private investor, uh, they get paid a flat fee, you know, once the deal is done. Um, usually, usually six months, you know, we're in and out of a project, but sometimes, you know, can be longer, can be quicker. Like a project that we have going on right now is a 90 day turnaround. So we're about to list it. You know, we got in closed, renovated in 90 days. We're about to list it, you know, praying that it sells quickly. If so, that will be, you know, a four, Four to five month project, you know, investor will be paid out, everybody be paid out, everybody be happy. Um, but yeah, you know, definitely utilizing OPM so uh, the lender, you know, on the um, on the total loan and then for the down payment and the holding costs, uh, bringing in an investor. So
1: mm.
2: I I don't bring you know anything to the table except mm. well
1: my <laughs> knowledge. No, no okay. Yeah. My knowledge, my
2: expertise, right? And mm. then, uh, of course, as a realtor, you know, I work to either find the properties or get them sold. And then I have a partner who manages the
0: rehab, mm. so who's a licensed general contractor. Okay, well that makes that makes sense. That's I, I, cool. I I agree with I'm, uh, I agree with OPM as well. But I, I always ask people that because some people are like you know some people are like nah. I'm I'm putting up my own capital. I'm like, all right, well, but-, yeah. <laughs> oh, but yeah, yeah, you know, you got some people that don't like banks, they yeah. don't like owing people. Mm-hmm. You know, everything is different. Um, I
2: I don't care how much money I have. I'll probably always use OPM. You know, if mm-hmm. I gotta put like my twenty percent down or whatever on investment
0: properties, then that's that. But yeah
1: like the tenants fan for that Definitely.
0: yeah exactly and do you know uh, Will Roundtree I know of him yeah. um,
2: I think I follow him that's the credit guy
0: right yep yep we had him on the show and like I, I was, uh, we was talking I was like yeah with your success and like are you doing really good in real estate and all that I was like, is it an instance where would you ever put your own capital down? He was like, he looked at me like, no. And I was like, well, <laughs> I'm like, okay, cool. Because I think the same, I'm thinking the same way, but I like ask the other people to see what they think. on like. But he was saying like, no, I would never put my own money down. I could leverage the bank's money every time. I'm like, okay. Every time. Every single every time. Every <laughs> they, they keep lending, so, I mean. Take advantage. And then, and that's what it is, right? It's, uh, the, you know, it's the number
3: one
2: wealth principle you got other people's time other people's
1: money other people's energy right Mm -hmm. so
2: in regards to wealth principles and multiplying your wealth Mm -hmm. you you gotta you gotta learn how to leverage and especially especially when it comes to
0: opm opm and that's and you talked about raising capital like what is some of the like uh what's the keys to like raising capital no, I can't give you everything. Okay. <laughs> oh, my bad. No, no, I'm, a, I'm a share. My fault.
1: No, I'm a share. I'm a share.
0: I'm just kidding. Okay. Um, But for real, I'm sending my invoice. <laughs> <laughs> it's too much. It's um, too much game. Man, it's a lot of game, man. No, this is good, though. This is
2: good. The people need this. Because like I said, I didn't didn't have it, you know. So definitely I'm I'm an open book. And shout out to everyone who
0: is, you know, Mm -hmm. who who
2: is on a mission to really build wealth in our community and spread the message. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so key principles in building OPM um, or utilizing OPM um, it's, it's pretty much just having a conversation With people and letting them know uh, Who I am, what I do What I'm involved mm. in uh, My successes, my failures You know, I'm very transparent With mm. what I have going on And what I've gone through um, Then I start talking about You know, what are your pain points As far as, as it relates to money um, How much are you earning In that stock, that 401k That mm. CD, that bond Do you even know Mm. how much you know is being earned um you know that's that's the the main conversation then um then it's pretty much after that just explaining the process and I tell people like listen um you know, I tell that's exactly how I got started. Remember my, my first, my very first deal, $2,500, right? So I invested in someone else's project and it was such an amazing feeling to be a part of something greater. Now, I, I couldn't afford the entire $87,000 project, you know, but again, I felt very much so involved. And so I explained to investors that, um, you know, that feeling of being a part of something greater, like there's so many people um, that want to do more and have a desire to do more, but maybe they don't have the funds, right? Mm-hmm. They just got, you know, fifteen, twenty, thirty thousand dollars 30000 Well, $30,000 is really not going to take you that far in real estate. To, mm-hmm. to, mo- to the majority of Americans, that's a lot of money. But in real estate, $30,000 is mm-hmm. a down payment. Mm-hmm. You know, that ain't the whole deal.
1: Mm-hmm. So...
2: So, you know, I explain to people uh, that feeling of being involved and uh, being a part, like I said, of something bigger, greater. Um, I also share with them, listen, whether you, whether you invest or not, this, this deal is going to get done with or without you. Yep. So instead of paying the bank this money, I would much rather pay it to you. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of paying the bank interest, you know, I would much rather um, someone like yourself mm. be involved in this. And and I, and I truly mean that. You know, I don't say that as a sales pitch. I truly mean that because now I'm providing an opportunity for somebody to have that same exact feeling that I had five years ago. Five
0: years ago. Mm, see, see that's dope. So, yeah, so
2: yeah and, and what I've gone through um, has definitely uh, humbled me. You know, to where, like I said, the, the experiences that I've gone through and the lessons that I've learned, I say, you know, I I, I do not take it lightly that people trust me, mm. you know, with their hard earned right. money. Like, You're I'm right. not that person, you know, that that's out here taking people money and disappearing. Like, no, nah, I don't have time for that. I ain't, I, that's not my, that's, right. I ain't, that's not my energy, you know, right. and people feel, that. people feel that. And so, um, I mean, I mean, we're talking about hundreds of thousands, you know, dollars that I've, I've been able to raise and put to work. And because I've had conversations with people and they trust me. And it's, it's so funny because looking back when I first bought into, like I said, I spent a lot of money on one of those real estate programs back in 14. Yeah. yeah, so 2014. um, And I remember meeting, some guys out of California who was flipping houses and they was raising like millions of dollars. I'm like, how do you, how? You know, I, I was just so just mind blown. Like mm-hmm. how? And then, and then today, you know, I'm able to talk to people now. It's, I'm sure it's still different, right? They were probably talking to like, uh, uh, venture capitalists. Venture capitalists. Firm, they were probably talking to, um, hedge funds and you know the conversation probably was still different me I am very much so involved in the community and getting the community involved so that's the arena that I play in Um, you know it is unaccredited investors, you know, there's somebody that may listen to this and just talk about the risk in that, um, you know, you can definitely work with unaccredited investors. And that's someone who makes less than $200,000 a year or has less than a million dollar net worth, um, you just have to explain to them the risk that they're taking. Yes, there is a risk. Nothing life is guaranteed, especially not in real estate. Hmm. However, um, I tell people, you know, the difference between this and the stock market is that, um, and sorry for anybody who loves stocks, but um, (laughs) your investment is tied to a hard physical asset. You can walk up, you can touch it, you can kiss it. If you want to, you can smell it. You can step feet inside of it. You know, I do not prefer stocks as my main investing method. Mm. I will, you know, do plan to get into stocks. Um, That's just not what my energy is. Mm. But I do also understand that,
3: um, the CEO of some company
0: can go out and have an affair and then the stock price can fall. That's yep. a fact. That definitely <laughs> can happen. That's, <laughs> that's, it happens. It happens. We're going to wrap up in a second, but I want to ask you like one more question. You spoke on community a little bit, and I love asking people this question as well. Uh, do you feel like like with the, all the things you got going on, you don't like have to do the things that you do like as far as like giving back and stuff? Do you feel like an obligation to give back to the community?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, When I
2: first started my journey, um, I remember I was 17 and I told my mom, I said, hey, I'm about to be 18. Well, first of all, I knew, you know, again, like I said, when I was 16, I was like, oh. I want to be financially free, like whatever that meant, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't really know, but, oh, it sounded, you know, I want financial freedom. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I started learning this, term, this terminology because I was going to the seminars and stuff like that once I got like 17, 18, 19, whatever. And I remember, I, I just knew that in order for me to be some, some type of successful that I wanted to be, um, which I didn't know at the time. I just know how to be successful. I, I knew that I had to be good with money or understand money. I knew it was revolving around money. And, um, you know, I know I you have some good credit. And I'm about to turn 18. I, I'm going to get my first credit card. That's what it was because mm. everybody would say, oh, you're going to go to college and, you know,
0: don't, up your credit? Get,
2: don't get – He's, all right, right, because right. they're going to be sitting on the campus waiting to sign you up, and you know, credit was bad, mm-hmm. and, I, and I asked my mama, I said, um, you know, about to turn 18, how do I build good credit, and she said, I don't know mm. and so, for me, I was like, okay, um, well, I got to figure it out, and so that was my journey, you know, trying to not only figure that out, but then figure a lot of other things out. Because as I got again exposed to more, I started learning more terms. Right, like I said, the, the financial freedom, wealth building. You know, all of these key terms. Learned about four hundred and one k, self directed IRA, SEP IRAs, investment accounts. Um, you know, just learning all of this. That again is definitely not not discussed in our communities. Not right. discussed at the table so yes I do feel an obligation to um, give back but to those who really want it wanted. and those who, are, who are really willing and ready to learn um, mm. because nothing in this life is free you know like this game and this hustle ain't easy
1: mm. you know
2: and it, it's not given. you know you got you still gotta show up you gotta work you gotta work twice as hard three times as hard yep. you know if you're a woman three times as hard if you're a black man
0: Mm -hmm. three times is
2: hard if you're young right like there's so many things that we have that we can use as excuses working against us but you know for those that want it I'm definitely um, open to having that conversation
0: Mm. and uh, one last question. I probably saw my <laughs> last question. Uh but do you feel like it's a shift happening in the culture as far as like mentality Absolutely. as far as uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> people are waking up. When I tell you like more millennials are
2: home buying, more millennials are like like I have a client who closed on his um three flat today and oh it's a two flat with a garden unit finish, And I thought he was my age. He's younger than me he's 24 I was like wow it's just awesome you know he's a super super smart dude but absolutely and it's so funny because I remember a a couple years ago when uh the word millennial was just getting hot right Mm -hmm. and all these older people were like oh millennials are dumb millennials are messing up the economy and I never fed into that stuff because I just knew I knew that wasn't me right and I just didn't I just never paid it any attention And now, what are the headlines? More millennials, home buyers. More millennials are doing this. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I knew who I was and what my mission was and where I was headed. And, you know, I don't even care if it's like, oh, because this was cool, right? I don't even care. And maybe it is because of those. um, Right, that's right. Right? Maybe, Mm -hmm. I don't don't care what it is, but Mm -hmm. there is absolutely positively a shift. Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful um, to be a, part, be a of it. part of it. You know,
1: I, I remember seeing a
2: post that said, you know, what a time to be aligned. Mm-hmm. And um, that's that's so true. So, yes, there's definitely a shift um, taking place as far as uh, wealth building, mm-hmm. generational wealth. Uh, probably a, a lot of us, are,
1: <laughs> probably a lot of us are also, you know, tired, tired. Yep. knowing the fact that mm-hmm. You know, we both
2: when our parents leave, But well, look, when our parents leave, like, what are they? What are they gonna leave us? Or well, well, when our grandparents left here, mm-hmm. you know, like, like we we know that we experienced that, like, that's real, mm. and to know that it's attainable, you mm. know, at one point you are gonna wake up and um,
1: take in charge of your life
0: exactly like it like i think and i think it's because a lot of us growing up we didn't seen our parents work so hard and so long for pretty much little to nothing to see like they still can't retire to 65 mm-hmm. 70 years old and there's so much yep. information out here now our generation we like man we ain't going for that i ain't about to be working until i'm 65 <laughs> <laughs> right i ain't going it ain't happening I, I, i'm definitely not going for that so like and, it, and it's abundance of information so we, now we got access to the information and we see people that's doing with it we like hold up I ain't gotta work this damn long man mm-hmm. alright I'm about to learn this I'm about to do this and I ain't gonna be doing blase blah till I'm 70 years old that's dead so I think that's how I know that's how I look at it and I'm like I think a lot of people look at it the same way but yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. but before uh, we wrap up like where, where could the people that's gonna hear this and they're like man she's super dope I wanna get into her I wanna help me out or whatever where could they find you so, I'm Roshana Scott Everywhere. Okay. Um, again, hint, hint, brand, right?
1: So, <laughs> uh, I make it easy
0: for you to find me. Mm. That's
2: the other thing. That's Tip a... number 1935 <laughs> on this podcast.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, you need to be
2: easily accessible
1: Baby. for people to find you. Don't be, you, you this name over here, you, this name over
2: here.
3: Mm-hmm. You know
2: what <laughs> you know, I'm <laughs> I know, that's why I'm trying, trying to
1: help the people. Yeah. So. I am. uh, I'm Rashana Scott on all platforms. So
2: on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Instagram is my main platform, but I'm definitely on Facebook and Instagram. I used to be on Periscope and Snapchat. It's just got to be two.
0: Yes, yes, it
2: is. And then I do have a Flippin' in Heels um, Instagram page and Mm -hmm. as well as a private Facebook group. So, yeah, so that's how you guys can find me, R-A-S-H-A-U-N-A-S-D-O-T-T.
0: Okay, so everybody go follow her, and we definitely appreciate you taking time out your day, coming up and spending nothing but gems, giving a -A 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 whole lot of game. and we... Yeah, yeah, let me know where to spend my for. I'm not the...
2: Matter of fact, it's you know what you
0: could just take you could just take us to Heroes. Right? Yeah, Girl. yeah. Next time, next time I
1: hit the city, Girl, like us. Hey, hey. Us. Mm-hmm.
0: Next time I hit the city, we gonna go on a, a, a group lunch at Harold's on, on me.
1: Good. Unlimited six pieces. Don't forget
0: the math. Don't forget the math. <laughs> y'all great. <can't, laughs> y'all okay? <laughs> Man, y'all oh, wowing, man. Y'all <laughs> crazy. But yeah, look, we we definitely appreciate you. We gonna we to we gonna we gonna have to bring you back sometime. And if it's and if it's yeah. is ever anything that you need or you or you want to do something or whatever, feel free to hit us up whenever. We always willing and to help people with whatever.
2: Absolutely.
0: Yeah, Thanks bro. so much for having me on the yeah. spot. Definitely. Yep, yep. Talk to you later. All right. Bye. 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 All right guys, so that was another episode of the Millionaire Mindset podcast with Rashana Scott. Like she said, if you guys want to get in touch with her, you can find her on all platform uh, platforms at rashana r a s h a u n a scott s e o t t. And uh for people who don't know, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter at Xavier C Miller. And uh please don't forget to subscribe, rate, give us some feedback, uh share our channel or our podcast. And we definitely appreciate that. And uh, Deanna, she's going to give you our info as well.
3: And you guys can find me on Instagram at Deanna Kent. Twitter is Deanna S. Kent. And if you haven't already, you can subscribe to the Millionaire Mindsets am po- Not podcast. Uh, daily text subs- subscription by texting at A 1010 Again, that's at the at sign A 1010 and um, did you tell them? If you haven't already, go ahead and like, subscribe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. well, yeah y'all got <laughs> the
0: message. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's pretty much all we got for y'all. See y'all next episode. Peace. On the way to the big check. You ain't know I'm up next till I'm on the way. You ain't take a risk cause you too afraid. I'ma just eat till I'm overweight. On the way. Oh, a lot of shit on the way. On the way.